0: fast break podcast. quick turnaround we're back here in a week usually we take at least two weeks off but the in-season tournament man we just so giddy to make this podcast i'm your host justin Klimmer. got dominic thronguard with me matthew Solitsky with the shades on over there Chilling. he's straight chilling and chilling right next to him is riley halton so last night we saw the in-season tournament quarterfinals games um the lakers destroyed the pelicans wasn't even close 133 to 89, and the Bucks, and they lost to those young Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton 128, 119. Um, I want to talk about the setup of this quarterfinal in season tournament. So, or sorry, these were the semifinals. Um, the quarterfinals were obviously played in the higher seeds' home arena, and um, in these semifinals, it was all at a neutral site in Las Vegas. I, I thought that was a cool idea at first, but. With uh, the Bucks and Pacers game starting at 5 Eastern, 2 o'clock local, um, the atmosphere was kind of whack, honestly. And I think the court was one of the ugliest that we have seen so far in the tournament. I felt like it was like, why, why does it have to be blue and red? That is the color of the logo. <laughs> but uh, like the in-season tournament.
1: Is- you just answered your own question. <laughs> why does it have to be blue or red? What well, is the color of the logo?
0: But the in-season tournament, like promo stuff, most of it's like black and gold. I wish they would have been like a black cor- court court maybe a gold stripe down the middle. I think that would have been more pristine. Not these not these Detroit Pistons colors, man.
2: I agree. It's kind of hard to – it was kind of hard to watch the game because of – It was
0: court. distracting. Like
2: It was distracting. Like, I, I was – it kept
3: – All the courts have been.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all are
3: haters, man. <laughs>
0: no, I like a lot of the courts. So a lot of people would hate on the red courts, but I like Miami's courts. I like, yeah, like Chicago's courts.
2: I think there are ways they can make the unique courts – but not that as is, ugly, yeah, as yeah. ugly as they have. So
0: Adam Silver was on the Pat McAfee show recently. He talked about how these courts was very kind of a last minute idea. So that's why everything looked in what he said uh, like cookie cutter. Everything was really similar. But he said like next season, um, maybe expect, I guess, well, um, courts that are more well thought out. Hopefully we will see that. but enough of that. um the games themselves, very surprised. um the Pacers not only beat the Celtics, but then go on to beat the bucks. what what they're doing right now is it's really cool. They're the youngest team in the league. see either, they're either the youngest team in the league or have the lowest payroll. Um, either way, they are a younger young team you know, not paying a lot of money for these guys that they're that they have. And, man, the offense is legit. Uh, they really took it to the bucks. I was surprised late in the game, um, how well Tyrese Halliburton was just destroying the Bucks defense. They, during the game, they went from man to zone and try to like fake a zone. And when they're actually playing man, but um, the Bucks really had uh, no answer for Tyrese. If, you know, he wasn't, if he he didn't see something open down the lane, he'll just kick it in the corner to Aaron Neesmith or Buddy Heald. And it's really amazing. And uh, what do y'all think for, um, about that game specifically?
1: Well, you know, Tyrese Halliburton still on a $5 million contract. It's crazy. That is nuts. That is crazy. You would think that the guy at this point has gotten an extension, but I guess not. No, he has. Well, yeah, but he hasn't cashing kicked in yet. That's right. Um, it, it's very interesting because, for one, the in-season tournament really never kind of knew how it was going to go, how the fan interaction was going to work, how it was going to turn out with how teams were going to play, who was going to make it, was it going to be the good teams the bad teams? And we're really seeing a good mix of – uh, a good basketball team with a very good defensive core in the Lakers and now uh, a really good offensive team that is really fun to watch in the Pacers who were not expected to be anywhere close to this uh, good in the season so uh, a really uh, a fun uh, atmosphere both at Vegas I thought um and throughout the league because of this tournament the only negative thing I have was Obviously there's no team in Vegas. So who's flying to Indiana who's flying from Indiana or flying from LA to go watch the team in Vegas? Flying from LA on a, on a Driving th- from LA. That's like sure. That's like whatever three, flying driving. That is such a short trip. On a Thursday. Vegas right. is Lakers country Like too. Like people that are going to this game are basketball fans. They're not fans of the Pacers, uh, they're not fans of the Lakers. They're, they're Lakers fans. I Most can guarantee you probably. they're Lakers fans.
0: Lakers do play a preseason game every year in Las Vegas. And yeah, I mean, the team.
3: Summer League is dominated by Lakers fans. Right. And, like, Vegas is Lakers country 100%. percent i guess, and it's good for money for the NBA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Always
3: is. Yeah. Uh, one thing that actually really caught me off guard about this game, though, was specifically looking at the actual game itself. Uh, the Pacers bench really took it to town with the Bucs here. I was shocked that they were the ones that ended up looking more deep than the Bucs. I mean, you got a guy named Benedict getting you nine points off the bench. It's a pretty remarkable feat. And Milwaukee just didn't get a lot of help off their bench. And so the Pacers team is getting it from all over right now and they're just hot. And I love watching a hot team in a tournament. And so that's why the Pacers have been so fun.
0: Yeah. It's really fitting. You know, you kind of think about how this, Um, tournament's kind of set up in a, you know, March Madness style, um, knockout, like one game elimination style. And this young team that's just super fast and has so much energy is doing this well. I just got
2: to say, I called this. You did? I did. You said Lakers Pacers? Yep. I said Lakers Pacers was going to be the in-season tournament final. You said
1: it on the pod,
2: Lakers Pacers was going to be the final. Pretty sure I said it on the pod. I know if I didn't say it on the pod, I also said it live on the air and on uh, TVC.
1: Well, we're gonna go back and check the tape because you would be <laughs> one of one people that predicted Lakers and Pacers. Matthew I predicted
0: Lakers Matthew Pacers. The challenge flag. We'll see. We'll see. I remember what I, do, said, we'll
1: I said I
2: said, like like you just said, this single game elimination style. It's gonna benefit a hot team, and right. the Pacers are one of the hottest teams in the league. And then on the other side, I just like the way the Lakers matched up against the teams they were gonna be matched up against.
1: I uh, will say because of their defense. I did not care enough to be upset that the heat my team did not make it to the in-season tournament now that i'm watching this tournament unfold and now lakers and pacers we have the final i I wish my team was in it because that's
0: the front page news right now i wish my
1: team was in this
0: everything is all about oh my goodness tally tyrese halliburton um it, it reminds me of the jump from like john Morant had Mm. Um, from star to superstar, he looks like he's taking that step. It's early, but he's done nothing to say otherwise, and th- that leads me to this question: How many point guards are you taking over, Mister Halliburton? Ooh, oh, she had a looks... cool nickname.
2: Yeah, that's a tough. That's
0: a tough question. Hold on, I got to think about that. So Steph. Yep. Right. Damian Lillard. Yep. Yep. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yep. Oh,
1: I yeah. don't know. I would take. I would take Shea right now. Um yeah, it's closer though. I would take right now, I would take the Aaron Fox.
0: That was my next one I was trying to
1: I would take good Kyrie Irving, not Cancer Kyrie Irving. Irving.
3: (laughs) I would play not
1: the locker room individual. (laughs) I would take like are we talking about active players back in their prime or the way players are right now? Today. Okay, because I would have taken Prime Kyle Lowry over uh Tyrese. I don't know if I would. Oh, I would totally. Luca. What what, yeah. what what makes you what makes you Lucas Lowry? I never really think Luca's a point guard, but yeah.
0: Wait, I, I do want you to expand on that Kyle Lowry. Point. Yeah. Just just real quick.
1: Okay, Kyrie you... Lowry Kyle Lowry is a top ten defender in the NBA all the time. I hear you. Kyle Lowry can guard one through four and guard five as if he's an average big. He is the most versatile defender, one of the most versatile defenders to ever play the game of basketball. He's a great offensive player. The guy can average 10 assists whenever he wants to. He's one of the best at the full court pass, similar to Kevin Love in that regard with the outlet. Kyle Lowry in his prime is one of the most underrated players of all time. And if that wasn't enough, there's nobody, nobody in the NBA that's willing to sacrifice his body more than Kyle <laughs> so Lowry. Let's
0: take a charge in the all-star game. No, he I don't
1: take a charge at the beginning of the game, at the end of the game. I'll take it on the bench. Okay. I don't
0: hate that at all. Cause I actually, I do love Kyle Lowry. The stuff he was doing with the Raptors on that championship right. run. And, it really, and, and he it, can take
1: as many charges as he, charges as he out wants out because he's got so much cushion behind him. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's got a landing
3: pad back there.
0: Yeah. Kyle, so, Kyle's got a caboose <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
3: um i've taken prime kyle that low that low center of gravity really does something
0: it really does no i think I, i think about kyle Lowry. i think about uh that game that closeout game against the warriors when he had 11 straight points three 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 and then uh layup it was crazy
3: i see your points for sure it's just i think his value in the modern nba even if he was in his prime is a little bit different than it was when he was actually in his prime I feel like a guy like Halliburton who can go out and get you a ton of points is a little bit more valuable at this point, especially because he commands the floor so well and passes the ball really well. Lowry can do that, but not at as an efficient level or as high level. I mean, Lowry was not the greatest scorer,
1: even in his prime. Oh, you're trying to argue early today. <laughs> We're trying to argue early in the park right early,
0: baby. We don't, Okay, Kyle Lowry is only he's still active player, so I guess it is relevant. So go ahead.
1: I I just think that's an, an, another inane statement. It, he was an excellent scorer. He didn't make the all-star team for no reason, not because of his defense. The all-star game isn't about what you do on the defensive end or the intangibles. It's all about offense. If you average 25 points a game, you're going to make the all-star team. That's just how it is. It doesn't matter what the record of your team is or if you average zero assists. If you could score the basketball and, and put on a highlight uh, 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 come all-star time, you're going to make the all-star game. The guy's an excellent scorer. The guy's great at the drive, great on the uh, on, from three. And it really plays the game like a big. He can back you down. He's very got He's got great footwork.
0: He, backs, he does back people down. That's hilarious. He's well, only six foot tall, he's but he's a bro, six
1: foot tall thick. point guard, but he'll back LeBron down and and, and fade wow. away. Um, so, a very, very versatile offensive player as well. So, to say he's not a good offensive player. I didn't say he wasn't good. You Well, to say he is not an uh, efficient offensive player is a wild statement. I'll I, let you make your piece now.
3: I think Hal Burton is more efficient. And I just think that Lowry, while he is a great offensive player, I don't think he's an elite offensive player. I mean, his career high uh, for average points in a season comes in twenty sixteen at twenty two point four points. That's still very good, but it's not who do they, who do they play with? He was playing with
1: the Raptors. And I know, but who was his teammate? DeMar DeRozan. And how many points was he averaging? I don't know at that point. Like, Tell me what seed in the NBA, because I know really the answer. Like 26. Tell me what seed in the NBA they finished at the end of the year. Tell me. I don't know. Number one.
0: Yeah, they were always up there. Number All one. right. Kyle Lowry's spiel is over. I'm ending it.
1: Um, so we agree, Kyle Lowry. I on, went
0: Looking across uh, the floor, looking at this Bucks team, kind of stuck out to me as like Malik Beasley's guarding Tyrese Halliburton. We talk about this every week at this point. That, you know, that that causes a lot of problems. Malik Peasley does a lot of things well on the offensive end. Defensively, he's not someone that you want to guard the best player. Now, apparently, Adrian Griffin trusts him more than anybody in their starting lineup. I, I think, obviously, Damian Lillard's not going to guard Tyrese Halliburton. But Chris Middleton, um, age is getting to him. And he is not the perimeter defender that he used to be. And off the bench, you know, you're really not going to find a guy for this team who's going to fill that void. Maybe Jay Crowder, he's old. Maybe um, who else was out this game? Uh, I don't even see. But I think they need to make a trade for a like a Bobby Brown or Bruce Brown type player. And uh, I'll get into that, to that a little bit later. But anybody else want to expand on their, you know, thoughts on this Bucks team, how they're constructed, how they're gonna um,
1: maybe fall short in the playoffs? Riley, I'll let you go. <laughs> Why me? <laughs> I know you have a lot to say, man. I have a lot to say about the Bucks. I
2: don't. I feel like we said a lot about the Bucks last episode. I know.
1: What did they tell you?
2: I feel like we said a lot about the Bucks last episode, and a lot of it was Malik Beasley. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. There was a, a little much uh, on the Malik Beasley discourse. That, but Pat
0: Connaughton is a guy who I I couldn't think of.
2: Um, but um, yeah, I, I feel like we kind of hit it on the head last episode. It, it, it's a lot of the issues is coming from the fact that they just. They they've got the pieces. They just haven't really gelled it together yet. And uh it, right now the issue is their defense and it's not great and they need to fix it. Well, they can't get back in
1: transition. They cannot front guard you. That was such a big reason. that
0: transition point was such a problem because Obi Toppin had yeah. like you you would think it's a fast break, but no, right. they just it was off a scored basket. Right. Obi Toppin get a it's free
1: off. look at the rim. And it also hurts because a team like the Pacers, it plays really well uh in the open court off an offense, off a defensive rebound. So they push, and on a miss, even when you're not pushing the ball on a three-on-two or two-on-one, by the time the shot goes up and there's a rebound, it's a five-on-four. And that's where Miles Turner feats because that's, ah, where yes. that's where we lead the second-chance points. That's where we lead to offensive rebounds. So he can pop out, too. and So that's that's where... You really see a, a mismatch and a lopsided a, a skill level between a Pacers and Bucks team. Now the Pacers, like I said, are a very good offensive team, but it's Milwaukee's lack of defense, which again is shocking, considering they have the runner-up defensive player of the year in Brook Lopez last year. They have the most versatile defender in the NBA right now, um, aside from maybe Bam Adebayo with Giannis under the Kumpo, who won. Two defensive player of the year awards along with a bunch of other great pieces like the Jay Crowder's, the Pat Connaughtons. Uh So, you know, you really, like I said, last week, you're really starting to see the impact of not only drew holiday, but players like Grayson Allen, who have also left and are now on Phoenix. Yeah. So I think it hurts them that Jay Crowder's out right now. He's injured because I think he would play the role of Malik Beasley. Um, but it, it, Malik Beasley's defensive rating of 118.1 this season. Not great, which is weird because typically he's a very good defender. And I will stand by that, and it'll all of you disagree. He's I, I, know you, I know you'll stand by that. A very good <laughs> defender. I know that. So um, it's not just the defensive problems of Milwaukee, they can't score the ball. Like Damian Lillard, who we're so used to seeing score 30 points, 32 points, launch it from three is averaging 23 points a game this year. like That's not Damian Lillard's style. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm not worried about the offense as a whole. I'm worried about the guy they traded their star defensive piece for, which is Damian Lillard. It was weird at the end of the game. They
0: weren't looking at him. They weren't going to him this game. It's like Middleton was doing most of the ball handling with
1: like three minutes left. It was crazy to me. Well, I'd go to Middleton. Middleton's an excellent shot creator, but I wouldn't rely on him, which would I'd rely on him just because you're going to send your best two defenders at Giannis and Dame. So that leaves Middleton with the third best defender. And I'd take that chance any day of the week. Middleton's one of the, the biggest mix. killers and most underrated killers in the NBA offensively. I think he was. Um, yeah, before the injuries. But I, I, I'm I, looking forward to seeing how Damian Lillard snaps out of this uh, offensive uh passive mindset because it's it's not what we're accustomed to seeing from him.
0: Yeah. You can almost guarantee this team team's gonna make a trade because like this is like this Damian Lillard window is not that big.
1: Maybe it's because he's now number two and not number one. I think that's as to I Portland when CJ McCollum was there and he was the number two and Damian Lillard was obviously one, now we're seeing Dame in the two spot behind Giannis and is having to kind of fill in the 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 gaps where Giannis can't and score. Yeah, it's a learning process for
0: sure. I mean, going from what well, CJ McCollum being the your best teammate to Giannis, it's gonna take some time to kind of you know, we talk about this every pod like just take time to learn how to play with each other. They'll be fine because of how amazing they are. They are top five off well, they're elite elite offensive players. Can I
1: ask an off-topic question?
0: <clears throat>
1: Not off-topic, yeah. on off topic, but off-topic. Of topic. course, of course. Do we think in the back of Damian Lillard's head? He's thinking, I messed up.
0: <laughs> I know why you're saying this. I know why you're saying up. this. I know. I mean, Miami Heat fans going to say this, of course. But no, he said, I like, think he's happy. I think he's fine. Like, I think he yeah. never looks happy. He was always like, he, real. he's got Jalen Hurts syndrome.
1: Yeah, he does. I don't know. I think he's wishing, man, should have told Joe Cronin. He's probably like, it's kind of cold
0: here in my Milwaukee.
1: I'm telling you, it would decades. not be completely out of the realm of possibilities if, at the end of the season, Damian the Lord goes, "Hey, <laughs> look at other teams." <laughs> possible. Little...
0: No, that, that wasn't off topic. It's a little. That wasn't off topic. It's
1: possible, yeah.
0: but, but um, I don't know. Little... I
3: don't know about that one.
0: Yeah, that's a little. We'll
3: we'll talk about the East.
0: Sure. Talking about the East. Let's go to the West. Not much to say about this Pelicans team except for uh, Zion is not putting up numbers. Lately. I was about to
2: say, is it time to have a is it time Zion to have a talks. conversation?
0: I think he is mentally a little bit checked out. He, I mean, everything we've kind of seen, um, just kind of Zion off the basketball court points to what uh, like doesn't really care. Dude, does he doesn't really want to. Basketball. He, does, he doesn't really care about. It's either he doesn't care about basketball or he doesn't want to be on this team because um you know he takes the longest road for recovery every single time he's making all these off-court mistakes and um um uh, i think it was in the chicago tunnel like last week he's like uh someone's like hey you got to get out of here he said don't say it out loud it was something like that but you know all the murmurs have, oh yeah, there have been murmurs that, yeah. like this for the past for ever ever since he was drafted honestly but um this dude i don't think he wants to play in new orleans because at this point how many years has it been Um, I believe four.
2: This is fourth year. Yeah, Yeah, it is time to have a. It is time. It's been time to have a conversation, but now it's like increasingly obvious.
1: You know why the Pelicans suck? Because they have big handsome on their team. Any of you guys know who big handsome is? Jonas. Nope. The guy's not handsome. It's a joke. Is he big? Yep. Cody Zeller. Cody. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. Okay. Yeah. Stinks. Cannot play the game of basketball. Has no footwork, has no lateral movement. The guy is he's a bona fide scrub. He's a he dead. can't
0: play. My last yeah. memory of uh, Cody Zeller was him against Jokic, you know how that he's was. He's a traffic cone. <laughs> yeah, he's a traffic cone. He's bald, and
3: <laughs> dude, what happened to Brandon Ingram this game though? Guy didn't do anything. Oh,
0: um, I'll tell you what happened. It's uh, Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt. They're excellent wing defenders, and um, Lakers have gotten their wing. Um, the wing depth is back. They're healthy. The only person they're missing is a guard, Gabe Vincent. At this point, and uh, yeah, they're hitting their stride in their stride in December. But you know, that's not the main point of the Lakers. LeBron James getting thirty on twelve shots in twenty-two minutes and thirty-two seconds. How old is he? About thirty-nine. Twenty. Oh he, start, he turns tw- he he's turns another wild.
3: one of those young stars that's shining in the end yeah. season tournament.
0: Yeah, i'm so glad we got lebron for the next five years yeah, it reminds it me of that tweet that says um it was made in 2015 and 2014 he said lebron's 30 this won't go on for much longer yeah. <laughs> how much longer is it gonna be i don't know this game man it was exciting to to see you know the guy who maybe love basketball just keep keep going off like he does at his old age he was quick. He was so quick and, mm-hmm. and juiced this game. He, he was way more, um, yeah, way more juiced to him than Zion this game. I, he looked like he really, um, really wanted this. It, it was awesome. And, you know, the post-game presser, they asked they asked LeBron, aren't you too old to be taking charges in December? He's like, not nah, 500Ks on the line. He wants that Spotify premium. That's what he's doing. <laughs> He's ready for that.
1: <laughs> well, the three balls were falling too.
0: Oh, four for four from oh, dude, that second quarter where um he hit three straight threes. Right. Those last two were deep. Didn't miss a single one. Like you said, four for four. That third one, I was like, I got out of my, I was, I was hype. I was really happy because it was the, the FU three Yep. that everybody loves. <laughs> I mean, it's trademark at this point, you know, it's coming. God, that's my favorite. The only thing he was missing was from this was when he like looks at the ball, brings it back, you know, the FU. Right, goes. I mean, you just know
3: that LeBron woke up that morning, put the Tom and Jerry on the TV. He was just ready to cook. Dude came to play. I mean, getting that in twenty 30, 22 minutes
1: is crazy. It, genuinely unreal. You're seeing playoff LeBron. Yeah. You're, that's what you're seeing. You're yeah. seeing a guy that is in playoff form because of this in season tournament. He wants to win. I told you last week. It is so Zero fitting. turnovers,
0: too. I gotta, it
1: is I to... zero turnovers. It is so fitting that the arguably greatest player of all time who has achieved every single accolade there is to get that is attainable for a player of his caliber has received. The one thing he has not been awarded is the inaugural in-season tournament trophy and the in-season tournament MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, Wait
0: a minute. That w- so this would be created. What is this year? 21.
1: This is year 21. Yes. So,
0: Something that starts in his twenty first season, he gets the MVP of that. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, it's, Come on. It's, man. What, what are you saying? Matthew? Well, it it doesn't do much to his legacy because it's not that big of a deal to move the needle. If you're debating LeBron or Michael, if you're if yeah. you're if you're debating LeBron and Michael Jordan right now, no one's saying, "All right, LeBron won the N C tournament." That moved the needle for me. He's now the greatest player of all time. No one's gonna say that, but <laughs>
0: they better not.
1: It <laughs> does solidify. Two things: one, at 38 years old, soon to be 39 in just two weeks, this guy can play, um, and play as good as anybody in the NBA. But two, and more importantly, when there's things on the line and there's is there's winning and winning only, and and that's the only thing that's in front of you. There's nobody that wants to win and does what it takes more to win than LeBron, mother effing James.
0: Yeah. Candace Parker made a great point. Um, I forgot which player she was referencing, but he he was talking to her about, you know, um, you know, as I get older and play this game, I'm getting smarter. But, you know, my body's not allowing me to do the things I wanted to do. That's where you see the decline. LeBron, he's got clearly, like, the IQ is at an all-time level. Um, not just for him, but probably, you know, best of all time at this point. I think we can say that. And his body's mm. keeping up. I don't know how his body's keeping up, but... Dude, he's taking
3: those Aaron Rodgers pills. No,
0: <laughs> no he, He's in a league of his own. He's in a league of his own. I just I just pray he stays healthy because this... I mean, this is the NBA at its peak, in my opinion. <laughs> like, we're seeing the guy. two
2: extremes right now. Aaron Rodgers with, like anti-science he's somehow (laughs) making a comeback from an achilles (laughs) and then you got lebron that's like genetically engineering himself
3: on the off season and he's you know playing better than ever lebron's probably got the best scientists in the world working on his body oh yeah
0: Yeah, i mean when he hurt his foot last year he said he went to the lebron james of feet you know dennis (laughs) Dennis Schroeder hooked him up with a german doctor i've
1: said this since the beginning of time i don't care what someone did the season before i don't care what player you are in the nba if i do a fantasy basketball draft the best player in the nba fantasy basketball history is lebron james because he doesn't get injured he never gets injured fingers crossed jokic is better and he jokic <laughs> is better but Yo, the thing with jokic is if if well first of all jokic is is now finally a, a dominant superstar so this like 2 3 years ago 3 years ago i wouldn't have picked jokic over lebron yeah um this year i might last year i might LeBron would never get injured and would give you oh, night yeah. after night, after night, bucket after bucket, assist after assist, rebound after rebound, just point after point. Um, and 82 games season, LeBron is, yeah, the right. best. So I would take a guy that might give me five less points than another guy that's going to play 78 games than yeah. a guy that will play 60 games to be Butler, and average more points.
0: I
2: agree. I said Jimmy Butler. When it comes, down,
0: when it comes down to it, I mean, not these are elimination games. When it comes down to the nitty-gritty in April and May and June, how many players you taking over, LeBron James? Not one. Yeah, not, not a not one. single one. Not one. I thought somebody would say Jokic. I thought
1: somebody would say two, maybe three. Not a single one. LeBron is mm. earned the benefit of the doubt. I am not taking a single player over the greatest player of all time. Watch. Who would you consider taking?
0: Would it be Jokic? Jokic, yeah.
1: I want. Iguodala. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said it, pause. I was like, I yeah, feel like I, I knew it was one. Iguodala.
3: I knew that. Marshawn's got the death beam pointed at Earth. But what? what uh, anybody I mean, anybody I, else? The, than the only legitimate candidate I can see at this point is Jokic, just because he gives you so much on the floor, and there's a lot of diversity with what he gives you on the floor. I mean, LeBron, he. He does have the clutch you. And I I don't know if Jokic has the same killer instinct as LeBron. We all know Jokic doesn't quite I care. I think about Jokic the game does
0: much. it's just harder to imagine because yeah. the shots that he makes are just so ridiculous and stupid. They just seem like such bad shots. Yeah. Like why would you take that? You you should never take that again, even if you make it. But mm-hmm. he still does. Um that's why it's just so hard to to honestly like like analyze Jokic versus LeBron, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Did you know
1: Jokic isn't a top seventy five player of all time. He isn't? Nope. Did make the NBA seventy five team. That's insane. Well,
0: that was what, 20, 2021?
1: 22. He needs to be up there. 2021, 2022 All-Stars. So, did he have
0: two MVPs by then? Yes. Okay, that's ridiculous then. Yeah, that's stupid. All right, so now <laughs> it comes down to Lakers and Pacers. Lakers and Pacers. You got the defense versus the offense. You got the old guys versus the young guys. A uh, lot to talk about here. Um man LeBron obviously going for the the, the the something that never no one's ever done before win the in-season tournament get that MVP as well kind of just another thing to put on his legacy it just make you like wait man I, I said it earlier but something that's created in your 21st season for you to dominate that and win the MVP it's going to be absolutely ridiculous if he wins it um and then you look at the other side of the Pacers Tyrese Halliburton, he's done so so good so far he's stepped up in every big moment um the Celtics and um A Bucks game, I mean, mean, those clutch threes were ridiculous, and now he can really put his stamp on it right now. If you, uh, how, how real is it? It's, I think it's real. But if you take down LeBron, then you got everybody watching. This is a small market team in the Pacers, and if you take down the big time Lakers on a stage like this, which is as big as it's gonna get until you know late, late March, honestly, um, then I mean, we're talking about stuff that'll help your MVP case. So. I'm going to open up to y'all. What are we thinking? What are we looking for this game? And overall, who you, who you got?
1: Well, I'm looking at it right now, and I didn't know this. So every player in the, that wins the end-season tournament, the winners get a medal. They get championship medals, which I'm looking at, and I'll show you guys. Is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So they get medals. There's a trophy for an all-tournament team, which is like a little glass ball which is also really cool. Again, this is all new to me. I didn't know this. And then obviously there's the MVP, which I don't care what anybody does to this point. If the Lakers win, it's LeBron. If the Pacers win, it's it's Halliburton. Easily. Um, And obviously the winning team gets the championship trophy. So here's what I would say with this matchup in particular. I mentioned how good the Lakers defense is and obviously we know how good the Pacer offense is. Defense wins championships. Defense always prevails. No matter how many points you average, defense always prevails. If the Lakers can play defense, if the Lakers cannot foul, because that's where the Pacers get a lot of shots. They play, they stop the clock, and they get to the free throw line. If the Lakers can play foul basketball. Anthony Davis can protect the paint, can rebound over Miles Turner. I think the Lakers win because on top of that, you have LeBron James in peak playoff form competing for what in his head is not only another accolade, but basically the equivalent to an NBA championship. So I am never... Going to count out LeBron James. I've made that mistake before. I don't make that mistake again. So I'm going to pick the Lakers, just because I think their defense is better than the Pacers' offense, and they have the greatest player of all time uh, in as as a piece in their arsenal.
2: Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. And at this point, I've predicted almost everything right. The only thing that's that I haven't predicted right was Kings over Pelicans, but at this point i'm just going to stick with it because i'm going to sound really smart if i get it all right um yeah i'm taking i'm taking the lakers over the pacers like the matchup that they have i mean i mean a lot pacers get a lot of their points as all along with the free throw line from the paint and lakers d- defend the paint very well so i'm taking them i'm i'm riding lebron james factor
3: it is extremely tough for me to pick against the lakers here it truly is nonetheless I think I'm going to ride with the Pacers. They're hot right now. And Anthony Davis, D'Lo, notorious bag fumblers. They are what might stop LeBron from winning here. This is true. And I I really do think that Turner and Halliburton can make a huge difference here. I think that Anthony Davis is just not going to show up in the way that he's capable of. Sure, he did have a big game last night. So that means he's going to have a terrible game. The guy's only an NBA champion. (laughs) Yeah, he is. But, I mean, on the back of LeBron... So I I don't think Anthony Davis is that consistent of a player. He's a great player when he's at his peak, but he's not very consistent. He likes to choke and same with D'Angelo Russell, a a notorious guy that just doesn't quite get it done. Can't figure it out. I I like the Pacers here just because of that. I really do think that the Lakers are probably the better pick, but I'm rocking with the Pacers. They're the fun team right now. They're hot. They got something going. I'd love to see them win.
0: It's gonna be really interesting um, if the pace of the Pacers become a problem for these Lakers. Yeah, they got to get back. Like the Bucks weren't able. LeBron to do could it. go for forty. LeBron could go to for forty. LeBron
1: could go for fifty.
0: When we talked about this Pacers offense, but that defense is, I mean, bottom three. And I think the Pacers defense will be worse than the the Lakers offense. I think that's what it comes down to. And you know, with uh, with this matchup on Tyrese Halliburton, I'm thinking about Cam Reddish, thinking about Jared Vanderbilt, thinking about the size of those guys on the perimeter, not even, not, but that's before we get down low, the size of those guys in the perimeter. And then once you get down low, you got to bang with the tall trees like AD. Um, C- Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes are going to be in the rotation as well. Uh, it's going to be a, a lot of lot of problems for the Pacers, particularly in the size department. Um, you talked about Anthony Davis. I think he's going to have a huge game. I think he's going to go for yep. 30 and 20. Yep. I think that the Pacers' um, bigs, are not that big. Miles Turner's a seven footer. Um, but you know, he's not too he's a good rim protector, but he he, he doesn't bank. He doesn't bang down low like ad banks. And then their power forward Obi Toppin. He, <laughs> Obi toppin doesn't bang at all down low. I mean, this is one of the worst rebounding power forwards in the league. That's why that's why the Knicks, that's why the Knicks shipped him off. He does very good in transition, but in a half-court setting defensively. Not very good.
1: When a guy is banging you know? <laughs> <laughs> down low, hide your <laughs> wives, hide your children. Listen, you can
0: say pause all you want. I think you understand what, what I'm saying. Um, you know what I mean, yeah,
1: you got a point. Got this it. is where I give the Lakers a disadvantage, and I give the Pacers a lot of credit. Pacers are extremely well coached. Rick Carlisle is a top five coach in the NBA. Are you worried about Mr. haynes in his pocket? I am worried. <laughs> well, Carlisle is maybe a top ten coach of all time. while Darvin Ham. Is I think a top five worst coach. Yeah, he's <laughs> you know, always got his hands a, in his pockets I think he's got a top. I think he's a top five worst coach in the NBA. No timeout
0: end of the game. Darvin Ham sits down. He Has a clipboard. Clipboard hands it to LeBron.
1: I would say y'all saw the
2: clip of a uh, LeBron's Dar- Pretty much like disregard. Yeah, Dar- Darvin <laughs> Ham was like shouting something at the court, and
1: LeBron went. He <laughs> went and scored it. <laughs> I mean, how many co- Gl- glorified Tyron Lue? I mean, yeah. Tyron Lewis a way better coach. <laughs> Tyron Lewis is a substantially teeth. better coach.
0: Tyron Lewis has gotten much better.
1: Darvin Ham, yeah.
0: But Maybe Darvin Ham will have the same. So
1: that'll be interesting. Carlisle, yes. and how he schemes and how he puts together his team might be the X factor for the Pacers if they win this.
0: I think they're going to be without Andrew Nembhard. Um bench is, is their strength. But um, if TJ McConnell has to pick up where um, – in the areas that Nemerhard um, won't be available to, in the services that Nemerhard won't be able to provide. I, I don't feel very confident in TJ McConnell. So definitely go with the Lakers. I'm interested to see how long these uh, um, lineups are like eight man, nine man that will see eight man, but probably be under, under 10, I'd say probably nine for sure. So I'm, I'm really excited. It's going down Saturday, eight 30. It's going to be great. All right. I cannot wait we will to be see. there. I can't see. I can't wait to see who wins it all. We will be there. We will be there for sure. But um, that's the end-season tournament, and now we're going to just open it up to anything else y'all want to talk about. If anybody else wants to start off, um, go ahead. But I got something loaded in the chamber.
2: why so. don't you start. I'm going to say if you're ready, go
0: for it. So Chicago, they're doing terrible. They had that players-only meeting in the beginning of the season, and they're, they're probably going to need about three more. They're the 12th seed in the East right now, 8-14, and 14. Not really a young star on that t- young, promising star on that team. You could say Kobe White, but eh, I'd say eh. Patrick Williams, you know, really hasn't become the player that they wanted wanted him to be. And their big three that you know they've put they put together about two years ago hasn't done anything. I don't. Did they win one playoff game? Maybe, maybe that I think maybe one, but that's Ooh. it. Levine, DeRozan, and uh, last year. I said, yeah, maybe they won one playoff no, game. No, they lost in the in season in the uh play into the heat. Okay. And two years ago, I think they got swept by the Bucks. Yeah. So yeah, this this trio, it's all offense. It's all I need. They the did ball. win
1: one play in game, if that's what you're wondering. Because they they were the last seeds so they had to get to play the Heat.
0: Right. Okay. Um Yeah. This trio, I I never liked it you know, when when they traded for Vucevic. Three guys who need the ball and don't play defense. And so now they're looking like they got to blow it up. And I think they absolutely should. The uh, main three guys in the trade block right now are Levine, DeRozan, and Caruso. A lot of noise has been made for uh, Levine and DeRozan to go to specifically uh, Miami, New York, and L.A. a little bit. Personally, I don't like that fit on New York especially. Um, you look at what happened to the Knicks against the Bucs uh, Monday or Tuesday. They couldn't hit threes and couldn't stop the other team from making threes. How does DeRozan help that at all? He doesn't. He's another guy who needs the ball in a, an offense that's already isolation heavy. He can't provide much off the ball, maybe a cut here or there, but that's not exactly something that can't be replaced. And overall, he just doesn't help. And Levine he's um, pretty much the same same guy, just shoots a little bit better from three. Caruso, though, is something I think every team should be interested in specifically Milwaukee Bucks talked about their defensive deficiencies. Caruso, big body. Um, look up Caruso highlight tape. He's going to be on the floor every time. Um, Making make offensive players' life's hell. Uh, it's just what he does. He's one of the best uh, defenders in the league, always up there in uh, deflection numbers, uh, ha- has a ring to show for it and shoots it decently well. Already had a clutch three, uh, clutch buzzer beating three uh, this year steps up in big moments um so yeah I think Caruso is somebody any team who's serious should be taking a look at but Levine and DeRozan I I don't like I don't like their fit anywhere and apparently
2: Caruso is like the one that they don't want to trade I saw a report about that like Caruso is like (laughs) the one player that they don't want to trade
0: he's a piece for a championship team he's just like a Bruce Brown like I mentioned earlier uh, it's not do with somebody their, you build around. Like it, if you have nothing there, then go get. Brutal, get, it, get it's him. an
2: excellent comparison. Like what I what I read was like he's an embodiment of their culture or something, and they don't want to trade him for that reason. And it's they do like
0: that
1: culture for sure. Gonna say what culture? Yeah, the Karoo culture. Damar <laughs> would not fit on the Knicks. Um, I think Levine would be a better fit for the Knicks than DeMar yes. would. Um, and then I would flip it and say for Miami, DeMar would be the better fit and Levine would be the worst fit. Yeah. Because for one, DeMar and Jimmy and Kyle are the best of friends. And for two, the Heat need offense. They don't need a, a, a surplus of offense. They need steady offense, which is what DeMar provides. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to miss from the mid-range. He will give you buckets inside, um, and he's an average defender. Zach Levine is inefficient, despite the fact that there are nights he goes for 30. He is not a consistent basketball player offensively, and that is the last thing that he needs right now is more offensive inconsistency. They need offensive consistency. Offense is their biggest issue. So, yeah, but you know, I've also heard D'Angelo Russell is on the trade block. Possibly, and that's something Chicago's looking in. Um, he's playing and,
0: his way out of those talks. Already. Right, he's been doing really well.
1: So you know, there's there's a lot of moving pieces to this. I would assume that you don't trade one without trading the other. Wow. I think if you trade Demar, you probably end up trading lead because up. you <laughs> can't. If you trade one, you're basically blowing it up. So I would expect something to happen by the deadline, if not at the deadline. As to whether it's Miami or whether it's New York or some other third-party team, uh, I I do not know, to be determined. Right now, all we're hearing is the preferred destinations are New York and Miami. There's another player that I think might hit the trade block pretty soon by his own request, and that's Donovan Mitchell, who requested a trade a year and a half ago, ended up in Cleveland after wanting to go to Miami or New York.
0: And he said that pretty much. Um, he's like, he's a little disappointed
1: right. in the interview. And he ended up in Cleveland. It's very similar to Dame, who was like, I want to go to Miami. And you send him to the complete opposite, to Milwaukee, a crap town. Then
0: somehow Cleveland
1: is So, you know... If you, Donovan Speaking Mitchell with Milwaukee, we'll never go. I can't. I can't stand Milwaukee. I can't stand Milwaukee. Yo, I don't blame you. You've got to understand. I can't like, stand ha- the city. Have I can't you stand, ever? Bro. Have you ever been to Milwaukee? I don't need to go to Milwaukee. No, no, I wouldn't be able to find a flight. Nobody. There's no planes flying
0: there. <laughs> I completely understand. I mean, you'd man. have
1: to take a cargo flight and then jump out. Who wants to fly to <laughs> Milwaukee? goes to Milwaukee. It's a good question. You want some cheese? I mean, like, wh- <laughs> what are you doing? I, I just I can't be that much of a dedicated
3: hater of a city that I don't care enough to know enough about.
0: No, 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 no. You got to understand. Dame was like, it almost seemed like he was guaranteed he was going to Miami.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. So they sent him to the complete it. opposite to Milwaukee. And similar to Donna Mitchell, you know, you want to go to New York, beautiful place. You want to go to Miami, another beautiful place. They send him to Cleveland, which, as far as I'm concerned, the best thing they got there is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, like
0: Joakim Snow said, who was going to Cleveland?
1: Right. Who goes to Cleveland? So, you know, you want to go to these places, you jump out of a cargo plane, but you're not going to find a flight unless you're flying private. So I could see with the uh, lack of success from Cleveland that uh, Donovan Mitchell could ask out again. I don't think it'll happen this year. I think it'll have to be in the summer, close to the end of the summer, where he would express his frustration. Look, Cleveland had an excellent summer they worked out as a team in Miami. They acquired a guy like a Max Drews. Um they extended a few guys. So, you know, Cleveland certainly had higher expectations. Mobley's coming into his own, Garland of course we know is good. Um yes. so, ish? No, I said yes. Oh, okay. Um so, you know, <laughs> Cleveland is 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 down in in the dirt right now, and I'd be interested to see what Donovan Donovan does. Um if, from a long-run standpoint, trying to think about his career. Because he's still young and he's got, uh, I think, two years left on his contract. One more year after this one. So, again, to be determined.
0: If um, they get bounced again in the first round, which I think is pretty likely. I don't think they'll have a very high seed. They're going to go against a tough team like the Knicks. Or the Heat.
1: I have one more floor as yours, if if you don't mind. Oh, it's yours. <laughs> I think... This is the first time I've seen this in the NBA, and it's been a really weird year for the NBA draft class, the most recent one, in the sense that these top 15 players are not playing. They're in the G League, while the bottom 15 players are playing. I'll give you an example, and Adam can talk about this because he's our Utah Jazz fan. Their top pick, Taylor Hendricks, is playing in the G League. While Keontae George starts on some nights and is is again one of the better rookies this year, so I get it. But Utah's not the only team. Uh, I give you another example: the Orlando Magic's top pick, Jet Howard, is in the G League, and Anthony Black is getting tick in, in in the NBA. So there's a there's a bunch of these where there's these picks that were really high in the draft and they're sitting in the G League while the second best picks of these teams, or the picks later in the draft, are playing. So it's interesting because I've never seen this before. Typically, you'd see like what the Heat are doing or what the Hornets are doing. You draft a player in case their case they draft Brandon Miller, the Heat draft Hawkes, and they utilize these players. Um, so it's it's I I don't understand what's going on with the NBA, especially this draft class, but something something to note. But this draft class is is a poor class as it stands right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's players that I'm really excited for coming right? in. Like Almond Thompson. Yep. I mean, he just had a great night. I was like, oh, yeah, he put up these numbers right. for the Rio Grande Vipers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scoot Henderson. Um, well, he's been terrible in the NBA. Amani yeah. Bates. He honestly should go for the league for a little bit. Bates is
1: the leading money. in Bates. the G League it's right now places.
0: and is in That's the G League. The Jairus Walker, guy I was really excited for. A guy yeah. who I think the Pacers, they're doing so well. It's hard for me to say that. Uh, I, there's just so ball. many I, guys in the guys.
3: I personally think this makes sense, though, because when you look at it from a GM perspective, you're looking at it like, okay, I got this guy with a lot of potential, and you draft the guys with the highest potential first, and then you draft sort of the guaranteed guys down lower. And so these guaranteed guys that you know you can plug and play, they're playing, and the guys with a lot of potential, you just want to get them lots of minutes because you want them to get that NBA experience. So it makes sense to me, especially for the Jazz, because the Utah's already a really young team, so there's a lot of different guys getting minutes that they're trying out, and then sending you know Taylor down to the G League. It, to me, it makes sense. I think that it's more important to get these guys minutes than it is to get them you know, like five to 10 minutes here and there in the NBA and not really give them a time to get rhythm against
1: professional players. I think it makes sense. Well, like Taylor was drafted nine. Deontay George was drafted 16. Deontay George is playing. Taylor is not. Taylor's playing in the G League. So maybe it's a matter of we need a point guard versus we need a center. Mm -hmm. And it's a matchup thing. But this, it, like I said, this is not the only team that that has done this.
3: Yeah, and I, I think really weird. I think just a big part of it is the plug and play guys get drafted later than the guys who can be superstars but aren't quite NBA ready yet. Uh, that's what makes most sense to me.
0: Yeah, like Julian Strawther, um, that other dude the uh, Nuggets drafted. Yeah, they're getting a little bit of run, but uh, yeah, I agree. It's early though. I think rookies usually hit their stride later in the season, like, post-All-Star break. And a lot of that will be because more minutes are available because teams are already terrible. You're already seeing that with, like, Marcus Sasser on the Pistons, uh, Chris Murray, and Tamani Kamara on the Blazers. So nothing crazy. Anything else uh, that's intrigued y'all that y'all want to I don't have anything.
3: The only thing that I thought of was looking at the end-season tournament and seeing people playing in Vegas – I think the NBA is looking towards expansion really soon. And Vegas is basically guaranteed. So I'm wondering who y'all think the other city is going to be Seattle, Seattle,
0: and there's going to be a conference realignment because of that. Right. Maybe Memphis goes to the East. I mean, that would make sense. Literally East of the Mississippi.
1: Yeah. If it's not Seattle, um, I think it's potentially again, potentially another team in Texas, but that's the only other thing i've heard but uh yeah. i can't i can't see where it. they not well where else can you put it right
3: mexico city no, 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 i'm saying
1: like where else in texas yeah, yeah there's no can you put it
3: there's nowhere in texas
1: i mean think about it you know, Fort you, Worth. Taken dallas Taken austin you've taken
3: austin could austin. be the only one that would work
0: it's pretty close to dallas yeah
3: that's what i'm saying there's a But Maybe a 20-minute drive. Take in San Antonio. Mexico City's been a serious conversation, though, that Adam Silver's been having. And Adam Silver is a very business-oriented guy. I could see him making that move just because it makes so much sense to expand into another market internationally. That would be huge for the NBA.
0: I would hate that if I was a player. That's so much trouble. I would hate
3: it, too, but the NBA is a business, and Adam Silver follows the money a lot.
0: He does. Um, So we're going to try something new. We did this yesterday or Wednesday on the NFL podcast that we do on um, cover for. Uh, I love these hoop grid stuff. These uh, immaculate grid stuff. Um, it's a, just a three by three grid. And this top left corner, we got Pacers and Lakers. We're going to think of the most random players that we can play for both these teams. And does anyone want to take a, a shot at, at it? It doesn't, doesn't have to be this square uh, specifically.
3: I'm going to be terrible at this. I, I think awful. I'm going to be quite terrible as well, the, but it's
1: just this is this is. This the, I'm good with this stuff.
3: The first thing that came to mind for me, though, when I when I see Lakers and I see 2010s and I'm thinking obscure, I think Timothy Mosgov. because that dude just fleeced the Lakers, got a bunch of money out of them, and then dip.
1: Yeah. Love just it. let me know. You let me know which one you want to go with. I already have him here, but I'm picking different guys. Like oh, I yeah. have
0: top right. I like Timothy Mozgov.
1: Okay, that's fair. Yep. Can I give you one? Yeah. Pacers, Lakers, Davon Reed. Davon Reed played for the Pacers. Davon Reed. He's still, he still in the league.
0: He's still in the league.
1: He's not in the league.
0: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Seven three. Um, Pacers, Bucks. Did Tim Frazier play for the Pacers? I don't know. Played for the Bucks. Uh, George Hill.
1: George Hill's one. Te- one. Teague's
0: one. I think Teague would be won't be as rare though because. You know his podcast. You know he's a little bit more popular, despite maybe his play not being up to par. Jordan. Yes, I would Both go
1: Karan Butler. Karan That's but- a good one.
0: Yeah, I, I like that one. Your
1: boy Malik Beasley.
0: Oh, Karan Butler is is no go. He, he didn't play for team. Yeah, you didn't play for the Bucks and Pacers. Malik Beasley didn't either. I don't think.
3: Brogdon's one, but Malik he Beasley is did uh, not. Brogdon, it's not very
0: obscure. Be one. Um, I feel like they had a trade somewhat recently. I don't know, but I, um, a Buck who played in the 2010s. I like Carlos Delfino here. Ooh. Oh, Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews. Give me Wesley Matthews. Okay. It's go- 3.64, the worst pool so far. But- I'm going to try to go low percentage. OJ Mayo. OJ so oh, sure.
1: Mayo
3: for the Bucks in 2010s. Ooh, let's
0: see. 0.99. So Delfino's just a little bit. It's a little bit higher. Oh, I, I thought I thought of one earlier. I can't can't remember um who it was. Was it Pelican's top ten draft pick- or Pelican that played in the twenty tens? Was it Luke Babbitt? Luke Babbitt's point three eight, pretty good. Luke Babbitt, a Pelican that one? played in the twenty yep. tens, played for the Heat, former Heat. One. Um Pelican top ten draft pick. So did they have? I'm I'm thinking like Jaleel Okafor. Didn't he play for the Pelicans? Okay,
1: 1.5. Where are we at right now? Who? What are we doing? Which
0: one? Uh, I was looking at a Pelican top ten draft pick. It it seems like they don't have
1: to. be The Bucks, obviously, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oscar Robinson.
1: And it, they
0: didn't have to be drafted by the team. It seems like because Okafor oh, okay. was not drafted by the Pelicans. <laughs> well, Laker. I think uh did Jerry my, West. I, I swear, Michael Beasley played for the Bucks. He did. He did. Okay, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball for Lakers or just Pelicans? Cam, I mean Cam this one um
1: No, not Shannon Brown. Played in the 2010s, Lakers. I mean Kobe, Bean, Bryant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, duh. <laughs> did you? I'm saying, did you put him on the list?
0: Oh, I'm not making a list. I'm just trying to get the most rare player. Like, if you, oh, we oh, go most rare. Player? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. Not the,
1: not as many as I possible. Thought we we're just filling the board here. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. Um uh, play for Lakers 2010s. Although so then you should use uh uh Moskov's at point eight percent. Yeah, used uh Beastly, that would have been a good one. I have let's see. Uh. Why don't you put uh Metal World Peace? Metal okay. That is one point three
0: nine. What about Andre Ingram? One point higher than more that was more picked than um Metal World Peace. Interesting.
1: Bucks played in 2010s. Uh, Brandon Jennings.
0: That's not gonna be lower than Delfino.
1: Oh, okay. Pelicans played in 2010s. We got Luke Babbitt
0: right now at 2.38. Who's Sorry. that? Who's so that? What, what spots are we missing right now? Um, Pelican Pacer and Laker top ten pick.
1: You Pelican, said Lonzo. I'm Pacer. trying to think of
0: somebody more rare than Lonzo because it could be a top ten pick who didn't get drafted by the Lakers but had has played on the Lakers. So. Heredish would qualify, but very West is 2.4. Lee Malik Beasley was top 10? Yeah.
1: Lee yeah. Beasley was top 10.
0: I, I don't think he was. No, he
1: wasn't. Lee Beasley was second pick in the draft.
0: No, he you. Oh, you're thinking of Michael.
1: Michael Beasley. Sorry, excuse me. Michael Beasley.
0: Yeah, I already got him from the Bucks, though.
1: Yeah. Malik Beasley.
0: man. <laughs> He actually does. Love he said guy. it for uh, Buck Pacer, too. But he I was thinking of Wesley Matthews. love Malik Beasley, dude. Yeah. Uh, Pelican Pacers. So this is like where I feel like um, Dante Cunningham, uh, Anthony Tolliver, and uh, there's one more player I can't. Buddy Healed. Buddy Heald would be one. Those two players I mentioned before were not. Oh. Um...
1: David West.
0: David West. That's gonna be better than Buddy Hill. Um, okay, so Laker top 10 pick. Do we do we just want to say Lonzo?
3: Let's let's go with Lonzo.
0: Wait, let's do Cameron. I been...
3: Jerry West works too.
1: He's two point four. Okay. Russell Westbrook.
0: Westbrook, okay. That might actually be a good one. All right. Well, I, I just completed the grid. Devon Reed. What a pull. That was a good one, right? Somehow it wasn't the best one. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then Cam Reddish, uh, Laker top 10 pick. Laker in the 2010s, Timothy Mozgov, Buck, Pacer, Wesley Matthews, um, top 10 pick, Michael Beasley, and then Carlos Tofino as um, a Buck in the 2010s. Uh, Pacer, Pelican, our worst pool. David West, I'm surprised by that. Jaleel Okafor, top 10 pick, Luke Babbitt, Pelican who played in the 2010s, the best pick of the day. Thank you guys for listening to the Fast Break Podcast. We might be back next week. We might be back in January. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. We might take a little uh, winter break. But uh, thanks for listening, and go basketball. <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> basketball. <laughs> <laughs>